How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got early sci-fi pioneer H.G. Wells and actor, singer, and musician Desi Arnaz, the man famous for making that TV show I Love Lucy with his real-life wife, Lucille Ball, who I cannot wait to have on the show as well. Uh, if you like the episode, be sure to check out the performers. We've got Rebecca Robles. She wants you to follow the Rebecca Robles show on Instagram and go see Metal Boy Wednesday nights at the Magnet Theater. And uh, Dennis Pacheco, you're going to want to see him Friday nights at the Magnet Theater doing improv with the Nitro Girls and Monday nights at the Magnet Theater doing sketch with Newport. I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out the freshest episodes of Famous Dead People every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You can email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. You can buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. You can rate and review the podcast and tell your friends and leave a comment and share and subscribe and all that good stuff. And uh, check out my uh, website, jaredparenting.com, because that is where all the latest info on upcoming shows and projects will be. And I know I've been saying that the videos are coming soon to my YouTube and to my uh, Facebook, but I promise you the videos are coming soon to my YouTube and my Facebook. So just keep checking, subscribe, and in the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy Desi Arnaz and H.G. Wells only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from me, even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are turn of the century English writer, famous for works such as The Time Machine, The Island of Dr. Moreau, The War of the Worlds, often called the father of science fiction, Herbert George Wells, a.k.a. H.G. Wells. Yes, hello! And uh, 20th century Cuban-born American actor and musician best known for playing Ricky Ricardo on the sitcom I Love Lucy, Desirido Alberto Arnez, a.k.a. Desi Arnez. Hello, Janet. Uh, Mr. Wells, Mr. Arnez, thank you so much for being here on Famous Dead People. Of course, of yes. course. Yes, oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, so let's start off with you, H.G. Wells, <laughs> if you don't mind. If you don't mind. <laughs> you okay? Mr. I Wells? I hope so. Okay. I, it's just, it's my allergies, Oh, Jared. I see. Yeah, you gotta you gotta clear the pipes, I understand. It's, everything's inflamed. I, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a tough time of year. It's springtime. All the pollen is getting in everybody's nose and eyes and Do everything. Do you think I'm, this is a question for everybody. Okay, yeah, sure. Do you think I have a yeast infection <laughs> in my throat? Don't laugh, it's possible. I recently heard it's possible to get candida in your throat i did not know <laughs> do you think that's what i if you think that's I don't what think, i have call in call i'm in. really worried about this i once uh, what had an itchy inner thighs for three that's months. a yeast infection well, i didn't know that but i went to itchy. the doctor and i said what's going on my, my inner thighs itch candida for three months and he, he he takes a look and he goes uh well, that's yeast. Wait, you have a yeast infection on your thighs? I thought yeah. that was something oh, yeah. that you only got like in your urethra. No, 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 no. This was, ex- no, this was, totally, no. This was external, Jared. God. Oh, God. See, I knew there was a reason God brought me here. It was to correct my. It was cor- to teach record. you about yeast. I don't think that you have a yeast infection. Anywhere in your where where you're not getting enough air. Mm. Anywhere where there's folds. Anywhere. Anywhere where there's folds. So there were folds on your legs, Desi Arnaz. Is that oh, right? Yeah, say, yeah, yeah. Well, even like folds. Like active. Yeah. Crease of the knee, crease of the mm, groin. That's I what see. I mean by folds. Okay, so, yeah. I was playing a lot of soccer at the time. And mm. sweating a lot. Sweating so a what lot. are what are your symptoms in your throat that you think you might have a yeast infection in your throat, H.G. Wells? It just feels... Itchy and fuzzy. And Itchy inflamed. and fuzzy. Okay. I think it's probably just I'm dehydrated. If there are any doctors, call in and let H.G. Wells know if he has a yeast infection in his throat. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about you, H.G. Wells, besides Ooh. the yeast infection. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned in your intro, you are often called the father of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't know from reading your biography is that you basically knocked it out of the park. First, first shot, uh, best shot. Uh, your first novel, The Time Machine, was published when you were 29 years old. Uh-huh. Oh, Sorry. H.G. Wells. It's, it's the yeast. It's got to be that yeast. You know, yeast is an ingredient in beer, and beer makes people burp. So and maybe, kombucha. And maybe there's something to and it. And wine. Uh, wait, there's yeast and wine? 
isn't there? I know there's yeast in um, it's something in growing. champagne. There's yeast. There in has wine. to be yeast. Fermentation. In wine. Of course. Yes, you're right. Of course, there's yeast in wine. The wiggly shit at the bottom of kombucha is, is, is yeast, yeast. I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, were you putting any of that in your throat? Maybe that's how you got a yeast infection in your throat. Oh my god. That makes a lot of I'm sense. I'm having a flashback. So, uh, 29 years old. You released the Time Machine. You published Time Machine. It's an instant success. Uh, you then publish a litany of other science fiction novels, many of which become household names, like The Island mm. of Dr. Moreau, The Invisible Man. Uh, but some of them were a little more obscure, and I was hoping I that you could. I did Island of Dr. Moreau. You did do Island of Dr. Moreau, Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Is that one that you're particularly proud of, H.G. Yes, Wells? It, yes, I am. Okay. The movie was just... Was just... <laughs> you like that could have gone Mwah! either way. It was I, great. I love it when people pause like that before the most <laughs> important part of the sentence. It was good. Oh, my God. I ate this restaurant last night. It was so <laughs> bad. And everyone's like, oh, oh it could have gone either way. way. Could have no, gone either way. Island of Dr. Moreau. Good job. Oh, you love that movie mm. with uh, Marlon Brando yeah. as Dr. Moreau, I believe. Val Kilmer. A uh, little bit of personal biography information. I worked at a movie theater one summer, and there were trailers playing in the lobby where I worked. And there were certain trailers that I saw a thousand times. Yeah. And Island of Dr. Moreau was one of those. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> you That's mean? so sweet. Are you are you saying thank you that I shared that personal yeah, story? Thank you. You're very welcome. I made that happen for you. So I wanted to ask you, H. Jules, about some of your more obscure books, oh. and uh, these are also science fiction books, of course. But I was wondering if you could tell us, like, whatever the sci-fi, you know, every, every sci-fi book has a premise. It's a time yes. machine. It's Alan Doctor Moreau. It's a guy who's combining men and animals. You know, mm. Invisible Man is, is self-explanatory. It's Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know if you could tell us what the sci-fi premise of these books, please. Was okay. So there was a book that you wrote called "The Wonderful Visit." Yes, "The Wonderful Visit." Okay, Desi, get get ready. Yeah, hold on to your hat, I'm Desi Arnaz. Hold, hold on to your to your conga drums, Desi. <laughs> Squeezing them to my chest. Which, I'm Stifling. so glad you brought those, by the way. Oh, I, I know what you're gonna ask later. Uh-huh. So. You always yeah, get asked you to, know. to always sing a song. Ask, so okay. the wonderful visit, the HG Wells. Wonderful visit. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's about it's a cold October night mm. on Halloween. Okay. And then it's about a pumpkin. And it's about a pumpkin in a washing machine. And then there's a big lightning storm. Mm -hmm. And then the pumpkin smashes into the washing machine. And then the washing machine gets hit with lightning. Mm -hmm. Are you excited? I am excited. And then it comes to life. Wait, the two of them together? Is it like the washing machine comes to life or the pumpkin comes to life? Or or together? Desi, just stay out of this. All right? (laughs) You don't do what I do, and I respect you. As I don't. Respect I don't you. play. <laughs> An incredible uh, actor, but not a sci-fi writer. Desi, well, Desi I Arnaz. love Let's you. Let's talk about Star Trek. I love your music, but <laughs> you, I'm. Low. You know, I don't mm-hmm. tell you what to do. Yes. So. Okay. okay. So the the pumpkin is alive. The washing machine yes. is alive. They fuse. They become one. They become one. The pumpkin becomes the head. Mm-hmm. The washing machine <laughs> is the body. Okay. And then the little tubes. The legs like, are, the, are the legs, <laughs> and then that goes around the town and visits everybody. And that's Halloween what the wonderful night. visit is. Yeah. Oh, that sounds incredible. Isn't that nice? That sounds really nice. It tuck, yeah. That thing went around. It tucks kids into bed. Oh, that's so sweet. And it, Bing bongs on the door, and mm-hmm. then it, it offers candy or advice. Oh, and that's where we get Halloween from. That's where we get the tradition of Halloween from. No. Is it- <laughs> So no one is horrified by this visitor? They're all very delighted? I can't control how people felt about the visitor. <laughs> no, I mean, in your book. I just made in your the visitor. In the book. How did, you, how did the people in your book feel about the How'd washing machine feel? pumpkin hybrid? I actually left a couple blank pages. <laughs> so you after, could write the so reaction. So people could write out what they thought. Because that's really not my place to say how I someone see. would feel about that. Let me ask you about this other book that you wrote, The Food of the Gods. Mm. What was the sci-fi premise of The Food of the Gods? Well, okay. So I was very inspired by Bacchus. You know, mm, the Greek god of wine and partying. And gluttony, yeah. Gluttony, yes. Right, Desi, you know Bacchus? Known as Dionysus in the Roman. Uh, yeah. Mm, oh, uh, yeah. Pantheon. Hey, Desi. <laughs> well, Desi, you're a partier, man, so you know. You certainly were. I enjoyed that I about think, your body. I think of Desi as a real Bacchus myself. I'm the Cuban mm-hmm. Dean Martin. You were you were no uh, stranger to the uh, Bacchanalian arts yourself, wow. HQLs. I read about all your various... <laughs> 
affairs and whatnot. I'm, yeah. Oh, you are yeah. quite a cad, quite a bounder. Let's save something for the end. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, what were we talking about? The, uh, the big meal or whatever? Uh, the god, the food of the gods. The food of the, the, food gods. Of the gods. Okay, the food of the gods. So it's a cold night. Mm. It's Halloween. Ooh, also <laughs> another Halloween story. Yeah, you got to. It's sci-fi. Mm, There's okay. no other night that works for sci-fi. Which you're saying every one of your books takes place on Halloween. Even if I don't say it, it does. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so it's a Halloween, cold Halloween night. Mm -hmm. What's it called again? The food night? <laughs> the food of the gods. Okay. <laughs> the food of the gods. There's a snake outside, and there's this... A, an annoying wife, sorry, ladies. <laughs> an annoying. It was it was a different annoying time. wife. Different time. Yes, and she keeps waking up her husband to say, "Oh gosh, honey, there's something wiggling outside." Oh, so annoying. And he's like, so "Let me sleep. Getting I so work. Mad. You don't." <laughs> and she's like, "But I, I, but my instincts are telling me." He doesn't believe her. But then she, you know, classic. And then she goes outside and sees it's a snake wiggling around. Mm. What's it called again? <laughs> the food of the gods. <laughs> food of the gods. I just want to, you know what which book you're talking about, right? I know, the but food it's of the gods. So a long you have time. So there many. were so many drafts. Of course. And then the snake gets hit by lightning. <gasps> And oh it God. turns, then it fuses with the wife, the annoying wife. Oh, my God. And then it becomes this annoying snake <laughs> that then goes around and um, eats everybody's eats everybody's food up. Oh, I see. You and that's the food story? of the gods. The food of the gods. People yeah. think it's a god. Desi, just no, hold I on. Just, I'm I not done, Desi. I but I'm not done. The snake's not. <laughs> the snake, everyone thinks the snake is a god, you know, and then the snake eats everybody's food. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, Desi. It's just so goddamn <laughs> hot in here. I'm having a heart. <laughs> May, may I on. speak? May I speak? <laughs> yes. Yes. I was just going to say. The floor is yours. It reminds me of another one of your stories. Oh, which one? Uh, the Island of Dr. Moreau. Oh. oh, that's right. Because the oh. snake and the woman merge together into one thing. Yeah. God. It's true. God, I'm good. <laughs> Desi, thank you. Desi, I'm sorry I snapped at you. No, it's I deserved Desi. it. I that deserved was it. an just, excellent no, point that you made, you Desi didn't deserve. You don't deserve it. No, that. I like it. Let's uh, let's move let me over have to both barrels. Let me let me uh let's move over to Desi Arnaz for just a moment. Right. So See. you had an incredible career in entertainment. You were an innovator, a very savvy uh, businessman. You produced TV shows in addition to being an actor and playing music. But obviously, you're most well known and beloved for playing uh, Ricky Ricardo in the yes. TV show I Love Lucy yes. with your real life wife at the time, Lucille Ball. Yes, yes, yes. And ah. that show is so ingrained in our culture that sometimes we forget how revolutionary it was for a network to feature a Cuban man married to an American woman at the time. And I read that originally the studio did object, saying that audiences would not watch a show where a Cuban man was married to an American woman. Is that right? That's right. They wanted a white man. They wanted a white man. I forget what the guy's name was, uh, but it was the guy that was on the radio Probably show. with Paul or Bob. <laughs> it was Paul or Bob yeah. or Richard. It maybe. sounds like one of those. Richard Paul Bob, I think, was probably his name. Yeah. Uh, and so I read that you guys were trying to convince the studio that, like, no, 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 it's going to work. You know, people aren't people are going to be fine with this. Yeah. And so you guys did a, a show. You, you toured with a show to to assuage the fear of the studio. Is that's that right. right? That's right. Yes. OK, so tell us about this show. Like, what did you put in the show where you were like, this is going to prove to the studio that America is ready for a TV show about a Cuban man married to an American woman? Picture it. OK. 1955. All right. Okay, so four years after the show, four years after the show yeah. premieres, gotcha. Picture 1955. Okay, yeah. When, yeah. I, I'm I, when I'm sitting on my couch reminiscing about the tour. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. 1949. Mm, yes, two years tour. before the show begins. That that tracks, right? <laughs> Jared, stop! Just oh my this god! This is for the audience; they can place. Place What's going on? 1949. I'm planning. <laughs> yes. I'm planning the tour. Yes, two and years before the show premieres. Yes, that's when we have the tour. 1950. Yes. Ooh, cutting it close. Thank you for. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know, it's live. Everything was live. Back yes, of then. course. Things yeah. happened fast back then. So this is what was 1950. What mm. we do is we go around to all these different markets in the, in the U.S. You know, <gasps> different small towns, big mm -hmm. towns, Radio City Music Hall. What we do is we take two twin beds and push them together <gasps> on the stage, and then we would lay down and simulate sex. And we said, if people like this, 
<laughs> if people don't get up and run out right. of the theater pulling right. their hair out, mm-hmm. then, then they can handle people on TV. That was our litmus test. Okay, so I just wanted to, to uh, pump the brakes real quick. I just wanted to recap yes. what you just said the show was. So, so the curtain parts... Mm-hmm. And there are two twin beds on the stage. No, 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 no Radio no. City. At Radio City yes, Music Hall yes, and, yes. and other venues. There are two. Yes, there venues. are two. Okay. Okay. And they are pushed. They're nope, obviously. We push them together. They're not pushed together. They're, they're separate. Together. We push them together. You you two are not on stage. Oh, oh. We are it's both just, on stage. It's just the. Oh, so you open the curtains and you're on the stage with, with the beds. With beds about gotcha. 25 feet apart. Gotcha. 25 very, feet very apart. Very heavy frames. Gotcha. And we would push them and they, it was, they were heavy, very heavy frames and it would take. Maybe ten minutes. Ten minutes for us to these just beds push together. the beds together, but yeah. it would build the anticipation. Ooh, yeah, what are they going to do? Because uh, nobody had seen two beds pushed together. It's going to happen when these beds before. get pushed together. So we push <gasps> the beds together, and you know, and I introduce myself. Hello, I'm uh, Desi Arnaz. This is my wife Lucy, and uh, we're going to do sex for you tonight. And mm. then, wow. you know, we'd get up on the beds, and we would uh, we wouldn't do it. We would simulate sex. Simulated sex. Yes. Okay. So were you guys in like some PJs? At the time, or were you dressed in normal street clothes, and then you would sort of like disrobe a little bit and get under the covers? I was in a three-piece suit. Okay. She was in a prom dress, and we would uh, we wouldn't take any clothes off. In fact, okay. In fact, I would put my hat on. <laughs> Halfway through. And she would put her makeup on during, during. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I think I saw this show. Oh, yeah. Oh. I oh, yeah, think you remember I this? saw this show. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it was more like a dance, a tasteful dance. Mm. Mm. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So okay. So what were audiences' reaction? Because I assume that since you were both such skilled comedians and so funny on the show, they would laugh. This was a comedy show yes. that you were doing. They would laugh because you know they were confused at first. Then it would get deadly quiet. <laughs> one one time, a woman sobbed. Oh wow! Audibly, wow. it was the only sound in the theater. Mm. How many times did you do this show? One time. One time. <laughs> in wow. Duluth. We did it in Duluth. So you didn't do it right after that, we just did music oh. and comedy bits. But then the I first saw time, a different show. You did a different show then. Okay, so you were in Duluth. You do the show. <laughs> yes. What it, and so the studio sees it and they're like... The studio <laughs> sees it and they're like, I don't know. I kind of want to see more. I'm not... I'm not I'm oh. not there yet. They're not sold. They're not sold. Yet. <laughs> yet. Okay, so then what do you do next? Well, then we do the music. and the, Then you the tour comedy. and you do music and comedy sketches and stuff yes, like that. Yes, She would do music and I would do comedy oh, okay. at first. And then we figured out we were better the other way. Oh, gotcha. Like you yeah. were a better musician and she was a better comedian. Yes, I would do a, I would do five minutes of stand-up. She would play the bongos. Mm, okay. Was she good at the bongos? No. <laughs> no, she was terrible. <laughs> and how was your stand-up? Terrible. Oh, also pretty bad. Also bad, but we had chemistry. No how one many, could deny that How we many had shows chemistry. before you did a good job and then the studio was like, okay, we can do this? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was really the show I wanted to hear about. <laughs> Because they saw that show and they were like, ah, I don't know. He's mm-hmm. not funny. She can't sing. Yeah, how many shows did you not do like that before I you see more shows. It was oh, 40? Yeah, 40 shows. 40 shows. Of the bad way where you were doing comedy and she was doing music. Ex- okay, bad. All right, mm-hmm. if you want to call Okay. Jared, everyone has a process. Yeah, it's and, a process. Oh, my God. My yeast is getting worse. I, do you think it sounds worse? No, I think it sounds fine. I'm going to ask someone who knows. Desi, <laughs> does my yeast sound bad? It Does sounds, it sound you yeast? sound exactly the same. But yeah, I also okay. don't think you need to refer to it as yeast. You don't like, know We yet. don't know. That's true. We don't know. Nobody's called in yet. And if you, it, please do call in if you if you know. So uh, we did the thing that uh, like for our 17th show, we painted ourselves blue and just played. Mm. We oh. played things as musical instruments that were not meant to be musical oh, instruments. Oh, like tubes or garbage tubes cans. Tubes or garbage cans. For uh, example, we wore black turtlenecks, painted ourselves blue and wore skull caps. Ooh, okay, fun. And uh, so you're just a blue man and a blue woman. Blue man and a blue woman, mm. and a couple other blue people. Wow. Oh, you had other blue people on the show too. Yeah, we we tried with uh, with uh, gotcha. uh, the the actor who became Fred and the actors who became Ethel. Oh, they were they were some of the blue people some that you had on show with you. We had on the show. Oh wow! In that, in that sort of group that we had. Wow, a lot of blue men in the show. Yes, and women, of course. Blue men and women in this, yeah. in this group. It's, it uh, it was very uh, it was popular, but the network heads were like, I don't know if we can sell this to Middle America. I right. To see another, I'm gonna need to see another show. Okay, just give me a number though. What was the show where the studio was finally like, okay, green light, green light on I Love Lucy? Well, they got good, in my opinion, mm-hmm. around 40. Okay, the studio when said, you switched, okay, you switched when we switched. Mm-hmm. The studio said, okay, 72, <laughs> 70, 72, 73. 
shows. We were All well right. into 1950 at this point. Mm, yeah. And so, so was there something that happened during that show that was like, this is the clinker? Or had they just warmed up to the idea at that I point? lifted her up and I spanked her. Oh, my God. Like a bongo drum. Oh. And she cried her famous cry. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's so funny. And I laughed. My famous laugh. Um, <laughs> oh, did I peek? Mm, no, no, that was great. That was perfect. No, that was good. Wow, fascinating. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are turn-of-the-century sci-fi writer H.G. Wells. Okay. And 20th century actor and musician Desi Arnaz. Hello. Uh, so let's go back to H.G. Uh, Wells just a moment. Let's talk a little bit about your early life. H.G. Uh, Wells. So you were born in Kent, England in 1866. That's correct. Relatively modest family. Uh, the Wikipedia yes. said that you had an accident in uh, 1874 when you were eight years old that broke your leg, uh-huh. left you bedridden. And this is where you developed your love of literature because you had to stay home and read all the time. Right. Like Frida with painting. Like Frida Kahlo and painting. Yeah. But the, uh, the the Wikipedia does not say what the accident was. Right. Uh, so like do you remember? Basquiat and painting. Wait, what? Did Basquiat get yeah, hurt he also? He got an uh, accident. It really? Was a car accident I don't remember that. His mother gave him anatomy books. And... Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. I had Basquiat on the show and he did talk Holy about that. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, do you remember what the accident was that left you bedridden? This thing that started your love affair with literature? I do. Yeah, please elucidate. Okay. <laughs> so... So it was Halloween night. Ooh. I was out. Sensing a theme. Well, yes. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah. I was out. I was out for a little walk. Mm -hmm. And I was just sort of just being a child and walking around, Mm. around the block. And I saw some change on the ground. And I really wanted to buy a candy. Mm. You know, have you ever gotten that urge? Oh, definitely. I still get that urge as an adult. Gosh. Especially if I see some change on the ground and I'm like, this is some motherfucking candy money if I have ever seen candy money before. Right. So it's a sweet story. It is a sweet story. So I saw some change on the ground and I bent over and then some... Some lady just ran me from behind with a stroller. Oh, my God. And I went forward and I sort of tangled my knee. You know, I just sort of like did that thing where one foot got around the other foot Mm. and one knee. And I just sort of tumbled wrong. And then I somehow went off the curb and curb stomped my own legs. Oh, my God. You know, like put it on the edge and then maybe she stepped on my foot or something like that. Oh, my God. Curb stomped my leg. So either you're leg flipped around and curb stop your own leg right or, or the this stroller or this woman with the stroller See, after having pushed you into the street right then, right. then decided to curb stomp your leg to to uh add insult to so injury. see this is why i couldn't p- go for litigation because because you didn't know we couldn't remember yeah and there were no cameras around the neighborhood back then yeah oh was that maybe what it spawned your love of sci-fi was you were like oh my god if only there were yes these, mach- <laughs> these magic boxes that could record what happened it stayed with me for the rest it. of my life oh my god Wow, yeah. and, and I'm so, all for surveillance, constant surveillance. Oh, like 1984, another great, uh, great sci-fi. Me? What? No, not. Oh, no, that he, wasn't you. That was I George was Orwell. Say, George Orwell. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. There's say. another guy you had on the podcast. Oh yeah, George Orwell was on the oh. podcast. Yeah, he was great too. Oh, George I don't Orwell, know Basquiat. Him. They were both really good. They were both great. They were both wonderful. I uh, well, okay, about me, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm all for surveillance. Gotcha. gotcha. Based on. You know, could have helped me out. Okay, so then now your 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 leg is broken. Yeah, uh, you're at home. Mm-hmm. You're resting. You're convalescing, and your 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 parents start bringing you these books to read. Yes, and you just and you just love it. And you fall in love. Do you remember any of the specific books that you read, or or the stories that you read that maybe you particularly inspired you, where you're like, I want to do this. I want to write books and stories as well. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, first there was, it's a a book, a real book called It's a Queer Thing, comma painting. Ooh, it's a queer thing. It's a queer thing, painting. Painting. And it's a really nice book Hmm. about just sort of one man pondering about painting. Mm, Is it fiction or nonfiction? I'm going to say nonfiction. (laughs) 
It's a real book. It's a real book. I just don't. That you are deciding. Really, it's a very real book. You are making I a judgment call. Okay. I just haven't. I don't fucking know if it's real or fake. But okay, so it's you, a real book. So I you're just, saying nonfiction is what we're saying. Yeah, nonfiction. Just so, one guy's musings on paintings. And I thought, gee, I have nice thoughts. Mm, you know, yeah. I could go crazy. Interesting that this book about painting didn't inspire you to be a painter, though. Right. No, there's enough of that. <laughs> okay. I mean, I know that you did do, I think you did some art in your life, but obviously yeah. you weren't primarily a painter. Correct. Yes. Okay. The other books I like, there was this other book called um, uh, just Fish in the Box. That Fish was in the Box. That was really nice. Ooh, was that fiction or nonfiction? That was fiction. That was okay. a real good mm-hmm. fiction book. What was the story of Fish in the Box? It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just somebody who gives a gift like a, a boy in school who gives people he has crushes on boys and girls that he has crushes on he just gives them fish in boxes but he doesn't realize that when he gives fishes in boxes they're gonna die and they probably smell really bad and so the person thinks not that they have a crush on me but <laughs> that he wants them dead that he probably wants them dead yeah like a, God, like a godfather style ah, yeah, yeah. but he didn't know that it's really progressive that he would give uh, fish to right. boys and girls yeah you know it's, you wouldn't see that usually in the in the turn of the century I know <laughs> It's really amazing. So fish in the box. It's a queer thing, painting. Mm. And um, oh gosh, there was one more book. Oh, uh, it's called um, how to how to build your own deck. How to build your own deck. Yeah, and fiction it's a, or nonfiction. This feels like Ooh, nonfiction. I'm gonna. I'm no, gonna, actually, I'm gonna it's fiction. This really? Yeah, it's a really wild story. Gotcha. About, it feels like an instructional book. How to build your deck. You would think. Mm-hmm. And then as you go, as you navigate your way. There's a message in there, which mm. is, which is, um, don't get married. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Now, we are quickly running out of time. We're going to go to break for soon. What? We got to go to break. We got to do commercial break. Oh, my Station God. ID. But let's go back to Desi Hernandez for just a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about your early life as well. Uh, you were born in Cuba in 1917. Yes. Your family very well off. Uh, your your oh, dad was a politician. Okay. Uh, very wealthy and right, uh, okay. extremely opulent, one would say, <laughs> like Midas we... or uh, or the man. Sphinx, man you know, Castro, uh, Egyptian, right. uh, Egyptian gods. Okay, we were rich. Okay, you know, okay, very, yeah. very wealthy. We were... Multiple homes, okay. exotic animals living. <laughs> Is there a question in your home? I feel attacked right no, now. no, no. I just you, you said that you were you were you know modestly well off. But I just wanted to elucidate yeah, for people at like... home. I wanted to clarify. Okay, we had multiple homes. Now, this yes. all of course comes. to to an end when you were 16 years old and the Cuban revolution of 1933 happens. Mm-hmm. All of your property is seized. Mm. Your father is thrown in jail. Is yes, that right? That's right. Yes. They took him in the middle of the night. Oh, man. Terrible. That must have been a real shock to the system. Was there a was there like a learning period where you're like, I guess my life is different now that I don't have this incredibly opulent lifestyle yeah, we, anymore? We did okay. So yeah, I, I, when they took my father away, it was very sad. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I ran through the streets in the rainy Cuba. I was very skinny. If you can picture it, skinny Cuban boy. Skinny Cuban boy. The streets wow. of rain, cobblestones, very picturesque. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, getting empanadas. <laughs> so wow. you stopped running to Stopping get an empanada? Yeah, you ever run for you a just, long time? You're you running, you're crying, you're upset, you you're stop for an empanada. Empanadas. You run, you cry, you're upset. You ever had a Cuban empanada? I have not had a Cuban empanada. Well, then you... Wow. No, you I have you an old know. salad in my purse. <laughs> I'm hoping the break's long enough so I can have a bite. You can have a bite of your salad. Also very progressive. A man like H.G. Wells carrying a purse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love. I love this. I love that we're we're uh, we're exploring. You know, so so often I have people on here who, because they were from a different era, they had some really stale beliefs. I know. I'm yes. just so glad to have people on who were on board, like having Bernie Sanders in the studio. I feel badly. Is consistent. A- I, AOC is like. Ugh, uh, is the mm-hmm. way to be. I love AOC. Is the I way feel to like be. we have an AOC in the studio now, only from like the 1890s. You know. And man. I feel yeah. badly that man. I made. Um, that snake wife annoying. I I stay up at night thinking listen, about. Listen, it. nobody's perfect, I you know? know. I mean, I try to be as woke as possible, but you know, we all we all have mistakes uh, that we make as we learn. Oh, I'm we paying grow. for it every day. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I can't wait to hear about that. But let's 
finish this up very quickly. So you're running through the streets. Running through the streets. All right. Empanadas. Empanadas. In hands, just armloads of empanadas. But I mean, at some point you run out of money, right? So you, oh, that wasn't all of your, for them. Oh, you were, you were just stealing empanadas? I didn't know I was stealing. I never had to pay for anything out of my pocket You just before. assumed. So That's I was stealing right. empanadas. And people were chasing me. And I think, oh, they're coming to arrest me for being... I don't even know why for... For the same reason they, they, they threw your father in jail, probably. Yeah, so I grabbed the bicycle, uh, one-speed <gasps> oh, bicycle. Like, another theft. Like bicycle thief style. I yeah. just grabbed the bike and... Oh, my... You ever see that movie? Which, bicycle thief. Bicycle thief? thief? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll so say gra- yes. <laughs> yeah, so I grabbed the bicycle. You know, I don't remember it that well, but there was a bicycle thief. And so I'm I'm trying to drive with a, our two armloads of empanadas and bicycle in the rain, shirtless. <laughs> a lot of empanadas. A lot of oh empanadas. My. These were, oh, you got to have these. Uh, anyway, so shopkeepers chasing me down oh, the street. Oh, like and I Aladdin. Drive, and I, yes, you got to stay one one step ahead of the bad guys. <laughs> oh, one my God. skip ahead of my doom. How so does I this fall, story end, so I Desi? In, so I got to hear it end. So I drive it right into the canal and go under, and that's where I have my epiphany. Ooh, what's the... How's, oh. that, for a, how's that for an act then? Cliffhanger. Yeah, Ooh. we will find out what the epiphany is after the break. We'll be right back with Desi Arnaz and H.U.L.'s and Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JaredBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century Cuban-born American actor and musician best known for playing Ricky Ricardo on the sitcom I Love Lucy, Desiderio Alberto Arnez, a.k.a. Desi Arnez. Hello! And turn-of-the-century English writer famous for such works as The Time Machine, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and The War of the Worlds, often called the father of science fiction, Herbert George Wells, a.k.a. H.G. Wells. Good afternoon. So we were, before the break, talking about a young, skinny Desi Arnaz running through the rain. Can you picture it? After all of his property had been seized and his father had been <gasps> thrown in jail by Cuban revolutionaries, he steals armloads of empanadas and a bike. He crashes the bike into the water and then he has this epiphany. Pre- previously on <laughs> Famous Dead People. And then what was your epiphany, Desi Arnaz? What did you what did you think? I hit the water. You hit the water. Chest first, just belly flop. Empanadas are soaking wet. They're now useless. They're useless. Yes. Inedible. But yeah. I kept eating them as I was going. Because they're just too good. They're too good. <laughs> they're just too delicious. Cheese water was below freezing. They were come on, pork. Oh, okay. Mm, no cheese. They're all pork. They're all pork. Yeah. So I go. I'm sorry. It's that pork was, all the way down. I lost it. I lost it for a second. I'm so sorry. I was you so lost angry. What? My temper, I got really angry. No, no, it's good. It's okay. It's so, okay. It's okay. So the water's dragging me down. And I think, mm. oh, today is the day that I die. <gasps> I'm 16 years old. I have so much left to live, but I'm done. I oh didn't my. know how to swim. Wow. And that's when I thought, that was pretty funny. <laughs> Everything that happened just now, it's like a Buster that Keaton film. Was. Wow. A who? Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Film he's a actor. Did he do uh, Bike Thief or whatever? No, he was not in the Bike Thief. That was a French movie, I right. believe. Italian. Italian. I yes, yes, you're right. It was an Italian. Movie. See, I'm, I'm sorry. I got to save space in my brain for my my stories. For your uh, for your wonderful science fiction adventures. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Oh, so many more just piling out of there. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you gotta laugh. You know. You gotta so, laugh. That was your pivot. You gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. Mm-hmm. So I came up and I thought, I'm gonna do two things. Play the bongos and make people laugh. Wow. And what an inspiring ma- story. And maybe marry a white woman. 
But that was more of a. Right, that was. But we were importing American culture, you know. So I have a. I that was more an if there's time <laughs> situation. Yeah, if I if I can play music and make people laugh. That was sort of like your side quest. Then, You're like, well, we have the main things that we got to do. We yeah. got to do bongos and comedy. Bongos, comedy. But if maybe, I have time, marry specifically a white woman. We yeah. will circle back and we'll marry a white woman. That is incredible. So then your family has to uh, has to escape to America. Yes. Uh, you move to Miami, Florida, to escape the Cuban government. It's the closest state. Uh, so like like what's you know you 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 arrive, you have nothing, and then you're like you're, I'm going to be an actor, right? That's so then right, do you, yeah. do you start going to school? Or do you immediately start auditioning? Like what what's what's your life like in Miami when you first arrive and you have nothing? Picture it. I'm on the street. Miami heat, hot cobblestones, mm. and I'm hawking fish. Fish. You're hawking them. Hawking fish. Selling fish to anybody who'll buy them. Anybody who'll buy them. Doesn't matter who. Doesn't matter. <laughs> if you got money, baby, you can. You have a fish. Wow. It's a start, dirty life. So I'm one of these singing fishmongers. <gasps> you know, so I'm singing, uh, it's a fish, it's a fish. Who wants the fish? Oh my God! You know, like this. Getting so and, hungry for fish, just hearing that. Yeah, you know. So, and Dizzy. then one day, that was beautiful. And then Dizzy, one that day, was stunning. That, <laughs> that was so beautiful. I know. I know. Can you do that again? It's a fish. It's a fish. Dizzy. Who wants a fish? Desi, that was so. Okay, let me get good. my bongo drums here. Mm-hmm. Well, no, let's. let's 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 move on. I want to hear okay, the rest of the okay, story. Right. That was so, magical, though. Gotta right, so, be Jared's agenda. Okay. <laughs> well, we're just trying to get to the story for the audience. It's, it's for the, the audience. Journey, so one it day, is the journey. Picture me, shirtless, skinny, mm, eighteen years fish, old, selling, singing your song, fish, covered in fish guts and sweat, mm. singing, tears running down my face. Mm. Even though you'd had the epiphany already that it was about comedy. Yes, yes. yes because it gets hard. <laughs> Still there. crying. It gets hard out there. Changes incremental. It Changes. happens over time. You know, I almost let go of my dream. Mm. And then this big, very big, heavy, round, fat man in a little tiny mustache and little hat come up to me and he say, how you want to perform in the club? Buster club. Keaton. <laughs> No, no, no. Buster Keaton was very, very He lived thin in ho- Hollywood at the time. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, very yeah. thin guy, I think, also. Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy's big, big, I don't want to say fat. But and he, uh, he hires you to sing in his club. He hires me to sing in his club. That's incredible. So that's how I got started. And that's where oh you get the taste God. for the so, performance lifestyle. On stage with a bucket of fish, throwing I, fish into the audience. Oh, that was part of the show, was Part the of fish. the show, yes. Wow. Not the, it wasn't very imaginative. So what I see, I'm going to put I'm going to put stage. on that stage. I, I really want to get into some of your early uh, performance experiences. because I did hear about some of your Broadway work, and I'm really curious about it. But before we get to that, uh, I wanted to go back over to H.G. Uh, Wells. Right. Uh, so a few years after the broken leg incident, your family suffers from a number of financial hardships. Um, and you are forced into a few apprenticeships, uh, the first being what the Wikipedia describes as an unhappy three years as a draper. Do you remember these three years as a draper? I do. Okay, because the Wikipedia doesn't say what was so bad about them. Like, what was what was it that made them unhappy years as a draper? Did you not like the person that you were apprenticing for? or Right. You know, Did uh, you not just hear what you described? Being I a mean, draper? That's... Come on. I mean, I can imagine being a draper might be might have its perks, might have things that that are pleasant about it. I was it was a nightmare. It was hell on earth. It was the most just upsetting, turbulent years of my life. Wow. Because I was this wild creative brain. You know, I needed time to come up with my my spooky stories and my googly eyed googly monsters <laughs> and my robots, and my islands and my my spooky stuff and my foggy nights and my computer stuff. <laughs> I needed time. And when you're draping, you have no time to think about those You can't things. write things down when you're draping. Your hands are full of drapes. Yeah, and you have to listen to, I'm sorry, annoying ladies say, oh my God. hang it there, hang it. But see, I'm... It's, it's 2019 H.G. Wells. We can't start... You can refer <sighs> to any woman as annoying. It's such an Andy Cap way of looking at life. That's true. Call me woman, out. Uh, call me out, everyone. They got their they got their rolling pins and they're chasing you out because you spent but all night were. at the pub. They were. That might be your experience, H. Wells, but maybe that's because of the way you lived your life. Come you know. To think of it. This is probably why I have my throat yeast. What? It's God punishing me for calling all those ladies annoying. You know, guys. I'm not going to rule it out. 
I'm not going to rule it out that this is maybe a thing that God did to you. Yeah. Because you keep on referring to women as annoying. That's what it is. But you said that there were some annoying women who were yelling at you. And men and children and yeah, everybody. Everybody wants their draping. You know, they say like food service job is the worst because everyone's hungry and Mm. agitated. They're going to treat you like shit. Same with draping. Same with draping. Everyone wants their draping exact. They're like, oh, it's a little crooked. And I have to tell them like, let me do my job. Let me drape. I'm a drapist. Yeah. But I'm going to do the draping. They don't, they don't do that. They, they think they know. Is it because without drapes, people, they have all this light coming onto their face and they can't get sleep. So maybe they're extra cranky because they haven't been sleeping. And they're like, when this drapist gets here, I want the drapes to be perfect so that it blocks out the light and I can get a good night's sleep. So it's that. And also, gosh, I wish you would ask me up top because I could have <laughs> saved you a lot of breath. But it's also because I helped people prevent from being seen by strangers, spooky strangers. Spooky strangers. Who could peek in. Mm, really, okay. that kind of got me go got the juices going to helped with some inspo of like, you know, creeps, spook, spooking in or <laughs> what do you say? Spooky, being spooky They're peeping. and peeping. That's mm. the word. And peeping in. Spooky peepers and were making people cranky. Yeah. And so they were taking that out on you because you were the one hanging the drapes. The thing that was going to save them from the creepy peepers. Exactly. Wow. That is incredible. Um, yeah, that's, that's an incredible story. And I can understand why that would be a three bad years of being a drapist. If that's just if that's what the life is like. People screaming at me. Like that opening scene of Manchester by the Sea when Casey Affleck's working on the bathroom and getting getting yelled at. He's his face is in the toilet. He's cleaning the toilet. Is it is it a woman that is yelling at him? It is now um, that I think. But she's also kind of like crushing on him. How I mean, she's like flirting. She's yeah. like being a flirty boss. But it's a confusing. I haven't seen it. It's so. confusing because he's working on a toilet, so he feels weird. Mm-hmm. That was me. It is a weird thing. Uh, Desi Arnaz, can you imagine like you you're like. You're, you're elbow deep in toilet water Can and some woman. Can you imagine being in Manchester like, by the sea? <laughs> you're can, Casey can, Affleck and you're untouchable. Well, I was, I was, I was, let's take it back a couple of steps. Like We don't have to be that specific with it. Imagine you just like your arm is in a toilet. Your arm's in a toilet. I'm and Casey some Affleck. woman. No, no, no. You're, you're you. You're Casey My Affleck. You can Affleck. do no wrong. No, no, no. You're Desiree Ness. He's Batman. Your brother is a total asshole. Yeah. What's he got that I don't got? Somehow he landed Jennifer Garner. Thank God she broke free. Thank goodness. She Thank God she broke up with him before he got the, the tattoo on his back of that dragon. Can you imagine being married to that? He uh, got a tattoo on his back. He got back. a giant dragon tattoo on that his back. That wasn't for a, a, a movie? No, it's real. He said it was for a movie, but then it, people saw it on him like months and months later. Ben Affleck, you're the most disgusting piece of shit I've ever You gotta ever call in, in and we life. will fix your life, I ben hope Affleck. you get throat yeast. Oh, don't say that, H-U-L. <laughs> a fate worse than death. But imagine, Desi Arnaz, your hand is in the toilet and some old woman starts kicking it to you. Yeah, but you know right? what? Isn't that weird? It's weird, it but, weird? It, but it's funny, you know? It is pretty funny. That you could know? be a good episode of I Love Lucy. Yeah, I mean, Ethel was, uh, you know, she could maybe think I was Fred and come in and start yelling at me about how bald <gasps> and fat and stupid I am. Mm. And I lift my head up and it's like, what? <laughs> and you're covered in toilet water. And I'm covered in toilet water and my hair is hanging down. <gasps> oh, Lucy's uh, yelling at Fred because she thinks he's me. You know, I, I really wish the show was still on the air because we got some fresh eps that we can put on there. We got some oh, real fresh eps we can I put wish, on the show. I'd love to add my twist too. To Ooh, what would your twist be? It'd be an, it'd be Halloween night. <laughs> every episode. Always surprised. Every episode takes place on Halloween night. That's how sci-fi works. Mm, that's right. That's all I wanted to Okay, say. that's a, a one addition. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about some of your early performance work, Desi Arnaz. Okay. So your first, you starred when you were 22 years old in a Broadway musical called Too Many Girls. Yes. Is that right? Too Many Girls. Okay. No such thing. <laughs> hey <laughs> right. All right, guys. High fives all around. Oh, okay. We high fived and we missed. Hell yeah. <laughs> Nobody needed to know that. <laughs> HG Wells is radio. It was we humiliating. Had, there were three of us in here. We each had a high five and they all connected perfectly. Uh, oh man. HG well, Wells is so dejected now. <laughs> I want, I want just high-five. one bite of my salad. Okay, uh, we'll get it to you after the show, I promise. Okay, so. Expect. All right, so too many, too many girls. You're 22 years old. Um, and so I'm imagining that there weren't a lot of parts for Cubans in Broadway plays at the time. And I'm sure, like, especially with your accents. It was probably difficult to find roles, right? Yes, well, they wrote it for me. They wrote this role in Too Many Girls for Desi yes. Arnaz. Yes, they wrote wow. it for me. They wow. saw my show. 
They're singing in the bongos and the fish. In Miami, they saw you. So I'm in Miami. Oh, wow. They put me on, they flew me up to Broadway. Mm. And, uh, you know, they put me opposite, uh, I think it was 10 girls. 10 girls. Between the ages That's of... That's not even close to too many as far as I'm All concerned. All right. Settle down. Is that right, Mr. Wells? Settle down. Not even close. No comment. H.G. Wells doesn't care how annoying they are. That is not enough as far as he's concerned. I mean, back then, I would have been, That's funny. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. But I know I should probably... I should probably chill out. Mm-hmm. So, okay, <laughs> so, okay. Opening, it's Broadway opening. Ten night. girls. Picture it. Ten Not girls. enough, the that's curtain, true. Not enough. The curtain goes up. Mm-hmm. It's just me shirtless on stage Oof. with bongos greased up. Holy moly. Five girls on the left, five girls on the right. And a young Desi in the and middle. young Desi makes 11. <laughs> <laughs> And we just start singing and dancing. We mm. go into the crowd. We do crowd work. Oh, we fun. shake people's hands. I'm getting my fish grease all over them. It's yeah. so you still have the fish with you. Oh, the for fish, this show, the fish, same fish I had for the the show. I never changed for the, the show fish. in Miami. Yes, okay. Yes. They were my lucky fish. God, that so sounds like a great show. It was phenomenal. That's wonderful. Opened now, and closed on the same night. Now, before that, were you? Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good show. Then, if it opened and closed on the same night. No, no, it's like a, it's like jazz. You had to be there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. and then everybody there. talks about it. Yeah, it was a happening. That makes sense. Yeah. everybody's like, you got to see this guy Desi Arnaz, and they're like, where, where, and when? And they're like, we don't know. The show he did is done. It was more it was powerful so more powerful than death. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi. You yes. always want what you can't have, mm-hmm. they say. Oh. Legend. It works with theater too. Mm-hmm. So were you auditioning before this show? Like were you trying to get regular parts? Uh, I wasn't auditioning just because I had such a streak of good luck. Mm, you're just waiting for life to happen to it's, you. Things just came to me. Yeah. You know, I work hard, but things just came to me. I mean, it's wonderful that you think about it that way because obviously you had like this giant piece of bad luck happen early in your life where mm. everything is taken away from you and your father is thrown into a Cuban jail right. by revolutionaries. Our modest home was taken away from you're us. Your ex- extremely opulent gold-laced yeah. and marble and Italian marble home uh, uh, was seized by Cuban revolutionaries. It, it but you view that as good luck because it led you to America and to your career and to my career in comedy and singing (gasps) that's incredible yes that is wonderful if you're just joining us this is famous dead people on Radio Free Brooklyn and my guests today are 20th century Cuban born actor and musician Desi Arnaz hello and the father of sci-fi turn of the century English writer H.G. Wells hello Uh, let's go back to H.G. Wells for just a moment so as I mentioned before 29 years old you knock it out of the park with your first attempt the time machine What could be to describe some of your early novels, not as sci-fi, but as scientific romances? Mm -hmm. Do you think it's an accurate way to describe your early work as scientific scientific romances? Yes, I do. So what does that mean exactly? Does it mean like... Like, like, there's it's a romance book, but there's like sciencey things in it, or is it like a love letter to science? Like, what does that mean exactly? Sciencey. Yeah, sciencey. You know, Mm. like having to do with space or the mm-hmm. future or computers or right, right, you know, right. Okay. chemicals, okay. test tubes, uh-huh. measuring things, Science-y. a compass, um, what's that thing, a sextant that you use in the ocean to find where you are? Right. You know, well, I use... sundials, oh. sciencey things. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was romance. It was sight. Uh, sci-fi romance mm-hmm. because hello fish in the box it was the guy had the boy had the crush on everyone that's right that's right i forgot about that story of yours so yeah it was all crush stuff mm, okay it was all it all revolved around like a crush like a you've got male-esque like a meet cute mm. yeah so each one of your like sci-fi twists would be in the in the service of boy meets girl is basically what you're saying. Or, or anyone meets anyone. Boy meets boy or girl meets girl. Right. Because again, extremely progressive, except where the annoying wife role is I concerned. I know. That's my own bullshit to work through. That's your clearly. albatross, you know. But That's we're going to get through thing. this. It's your one. It's it, You know, if for, for the 1890s, it is not a bad check mark to have, you know. I suppose so. Just that one. Uh, I also read that you had something called the Wells Law. Uh, about how good science fiction stories only have one single extraordinary assumption. Is that right? A what? A single. <laughs> That's so complicated. Extraordinary. I, what? Ex- that can't be right. That's what you said. That was Wells' what law. What was it? 
I don't understand that it. That a good sci-fi story should only have a single extraordinary assumption. For example, that if you're going to write a book about a time machine, it, there shouldn't also be aliens or an invisible man in that story. Where the it should fuck be, are you reading this? One thing. That was on the Wikipedia. It's wrong. It's wrong. Some nasty bot is attacking me again. Attacking my legacy. Some Russian troll attacking is attacking H.G. Wells's. That is not true. Thank God I'm here. Thank God I yes, was able to Yes, clear up the story. What is Wells' law then Wells's for good law, sci-fi? Wells' law is uh, you you do what you got to do. <laughs> Just get it done. Just get it done. You pee in your pants, but you got to do your homework anyway. That's something my dad used to say to me. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling, he was referring to a story about himself mm-hmm. where one time he had peed in his pants and the teacher said, it doesn't matter. You have to get up here and lead the class in the national anthem. Oh, I see. And he said, but I peed in my pants. And he said, the teacher said, you pee in your pants, but you got to do what you got to do. You got to do the national anthem. And that's anthem. how my dad raised me. Wow. I mean, it's a great it's a great moral for a child, I think. So getting you into know? this bullshit yeah. that they're trying to attack me. A single extraordinary no, assumption. You can do whatever you want as long as it sells books. Okay. So I... I piled it on. Did you really? Because oh, yeah. there's nothing really weird in the time machine except the time machine. There's nothing really weird in the Invisible Man except for an Invisible Man. Oh. War of the Worlds. <laughs> there's nothing weird except for. Have aliens. you really read these books? I have read these books. You've yeah. read all of them. Big H.G. Wells fan. Yeah, except for the ones I mentioned at the top that I did not know what they were about. And Fishbox, which and Fishbox. Cle- seems to have escaped your mind. <laughs> Which is crazy because that started that's a D, that's it That's a B-side, though. That's a deep cut. And it so, is a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. For true fans. Yeah. God, it's hot in here. It really is kind of warm. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so you're saying that there were other books where you just piled it on, where you just, yes. let's get a little bit of this, let's get a little bit of that. Yeah, because why not give the people what they want? What, talking clams, crazy boxes that talk. Uh, TVs that move, TVs that and talk, TVs that move around. Were these published ever? Anywhere? Move around the room on their own. Are these unpublished? Dryers and washing machines that turn on in the night. Did anybody ever see and any of these? Microwaves that beep when you least expect it. <laughs> extension, extension cords. Extension cords that, that, that just they get so tangly, and next thing you know, they're they're tangled around your wrist, and like a snake's just trying to squeeze out your pulse. So you're saying this is all in one story? This is everything, one story. Everything, just total, total sciency chaos. Sciency chaos. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. That sounds that sounds incredible. Uh-huh. And I mean, I'm I I you know I can't wait to read those stories because the ones that I've read have been. According to what Wikipedia says is the Wells' law, they've had one thing in it. No, that's not my law, and I hate whoever wrote that. <laughs> okay, I will correct the. No. I hate that law, and I hate Ben Affleck. <laughs> the most, one of the most disgusting people. I oh, mm-hmm. why call is in he Ben in Affleck. Movies? We will fix your life. Uh, but let's, you know, let's get back over to uh, Desiree for just a moment. I almost uh, passed out from laughing. That was, now. you know, that's because it's, it's warm. In that here. was really it's hot in here. That was really incredible. I mean, we we got to I watch. I can't imagine the how hot my salad's getting over there. We get well, you know, salads get better the hotter they get. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so let's get. Ooh, that could be a good sci-fi story. A salad that tastes better when it gets hot. And the things that grow like yeast. <laughs> Desi has your yeast. Desi. Oh, long, long distant memory at this point. Desi Arnaz. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, you know, you're a re- you're a relatively successful actor. Thank you. Uh, 1951 happens. I Live Lucy premieres. Uh, the original premise for the show, though, mm-hmm. uh, that you and Lucy worked out was that the two of you would be a successful show business couple whose glamorous careers interfered with their normal marriage. But market research said that this scenario would not be popular. Is that right? That's, is this a conversation the studio had with you guys? Yes, the studio said. Okay. We love what you do on the stage show. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can't do what you do on the stage show. On the stage show, we 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 do the show within a show, mm. you know. So we're popular Broadway. It's a very meta textual sort of thing we were trying. It's experimental. We're it's a show within H- a show. HD, if you're gonna make noises like that, you gotta, you gotta be get into the mic. on the microphone. Otherwise, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, me, me. That's me. I thought it was. De- I was like Desi, do what Jared <laughs> says. But that's me. Oops. Okay. That's okay. So <laughs> yeah. So it's a show within a show. Show within a show. Broadway, so it's, you know, Broadway show within a Broadway show, and they loved it. But they said, 
we can't sell this to Middle America. Mm. So what, was, what were some of the foibles that you're getting into? You're, you're a successful show business couple. Okay, we had one episode called Too Many Oscars. Too Many Oscars. Yeah, were, we had, too many, uh, were, we had <gasps> hundreds of Oscars. The conceit was that we had won a lot of Oscars. Right. Mm-hmm. For singing and for songwriting and for screenwriting. And screen for acting and directing, and directing and producing. producing yeah. Editing. Editing. <laughs> uh, costume design. Costume design. Uh, uh, technical accomplishment. Fo- Photography, lifetime achievement awards, lifetime achievement, two lifetime achievements, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of in memoriam reels. Do they in give there. physical Oscars for the in memoriams? Do they give like an f- actual yes. Oscar out for that? And then it's usually like the old niece or nephew has to take it home mm. in a sad way. But in way. our show, in on, a in sad our sh- way, in our show within the show, we had the in memoriam Oscars oh, mm. and the Price Waterhouse Cooper Oscars. Mm, that's right for the people that do security. For, oh, I didn't uh, know that was a thing. Yeah, we anyway. put that in the show. Anyway, mm. it's too many Oscars. <laughs> so uh, you know, I said, uh, I said, Lucy, you got to clean all these Oscars. They're getting dusty, and that mm-hmm. would be a whole thing. You know, oh, we would fall about. Mm-hmm. About with the Oscars, oh. and you know, that it was very funny. It's very physical. It's hard but, to explain it. But were people saying no, no, that, like, good. were people saying, like, this isn't relatable? Like, people are angry. They're like, you guys are pretending like your life is bad when you have all these riches and success. I mean, I thought, well, this is like a normal American life, you mm-hmm. know? People have a big. Yeah. Uh, you know, stage show where they put on a show about their normal size house, you know? <laughs> normal things like porcelain covered. Uh, Walls normal things like normal servants things. taking servants, care of you every whim of, taking care of you every whim you know it's like this reminds me of my childhood in cuba mm-hmm. you know, when you yeah. had a very opulent a very normal uh, uh pharaoh-like lifestyle <laughs> when you were young well anyway so i said this is relatable what are you talking about and they mm-hmm. said uh i said is this because i'm cuban and they were like whoa buddy <laughs> whoa back, wow. back down nobody said and i started yelling at them in spanish you know mm. and they were like that that is what the people want. Yell at your wife in Spanish. Oh. And she's a housewife. And I said, but I'm still famous. And they said, yes. And I said, okay. All right. So, so you compromise. Just compromise, yes. Wow. You know, so much great art happens from compromise, compromise they Most say. Most great art happens with compromise. It really does. Now, we are fast running out of time. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Both of them looked at me as though I'm supposed to care about that. I've never had to compromise. I had great ideas. As you said, up top, everything worked out. I didn't have to compromise. And we were not trying to in- intimate <laughs> oh anything. Honestly, H2O. I was not. I think you're a little that. sensitive. I think we were just looking at you as if to include you in the conversation. Okay, I get it. Okay, so we are quickly running out of time here on Famous Dead People. So for final question, I wanted to ask you, H.G. Wells, about one of the surprising things about uh, I found on Wikipedia was your pre-World War II feud with Nazi Germany. Right. Again, another surprisingly progressive thing about H.G. Wells. You were, at the time, a wildly popular and well-regarded author. 1930s, you were president of an international organization of writers known as PEN, International Poets, Essayists, and Novelists, PEN. And you kicked the German PEN Club out of the organization because they refused to admit non-Aryan writers. Is that right? Correct. Wow. I mean, that is an incredible perspective. Not everybody felt that way about Nazi Germany back then. A lot of people were more, you know, uh, uh, not didn't want to get involved they or blurred you know, boundaries. They didn't. They didn't really feel the kind of sympathy for the for the people that the Nazis were trotting upon. But you were on. You were on top of it at the time. Yes. Very I, impressive. I just. Um, I. That was around the time I started setting some really strong boundaries within my life and so it just worked out and so one of those boundaries was yeah no nazis allowed no nazis allowed no nazis allowed very impressive so there was also a conference a pen conference and the the german pen club wanted uh a man named ernst toller to give a talk at the conference and because you were president you said no right right and you did not buckle to the nazi Uh -uh. pressure no what was it about Ernst Toller? What kind of talk was he trying to give that you were like, uh-uh, not on my stage, buddy? I mean, he was just coming in with his nasty talk and his real, 
Jared, he's a Nazi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you need me to fucking explain a Nazi to you? No, I know why Nazis are bad. Thank you. I understand. Okay. But I was wondering if maybe his talk. Are you quite literally asking me why Nazis are bad? But I know I was asking like if his talk was like a Nazi talk. Like I'm sure it was there a were, Nazi talk. It was a Nazi talk. It was okay. Nazi. It was nasty. So Nazi he was talk. like, bad, here, bad, bad. here's my reasons why only white poets, essayists, and novelists are good. Like that was his talk is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. that's bad. It could be like there are I'm sure there were Nazis out there that I were mean, like it's in my work. Know. It's in my if you're a fan, you should it's in my work where how do you defeat the googly, creepy microwave <laughs> monsters? How do you how do you defeat when the refrigerator starts wiggling around and you can't <laughs> stop it and it's coming at you and the door is the mouth and it's opening <laughs> and it's talking to you. How do you defeat it? You set a boundary. You don't reason with it. It's a, it's it's being bad. It's mm. being really naughty and bad. The fridge is bad and crazy. Mm. It's the fridge has gone insane. And no so compromise. you were treating. You have to you have to block the fridge out of your life a hundred percent. You can't compromise with the fridge. No. And that is how you dealt with the Nazis. Yes. And if you mind me finishing on a little bit of a moral on my soapbox, I think that's what we should do to Nazis today too. Yes. And you know what? I'm not afraid to say it. Good. <laughs> And wow. unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank my guests, H.G. Wells and Desi Arnaz, for joining me in the studio today. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, my last pleasure. question. I know it's a little weird. Do either of you have any uh, comedy shows or podcasts or Instagram yeah, Desi's accounts? Desi's going to Austin that you're really That you're really proud of? Uh, Desi Arnaz, anything you want to tell people about yeah, today? I think Austin is going to be in the rearview mirror by the time this uh, airs. But, yes, uh, definitely. But sure. uh, Friday nights at the Magna Theater, you can watch a little sketch team by the name of the Nitro Girls yeah. put on a fun show. And on Monday nights at the Magna Theater, uh, watch a sketch team called Newport, Ooh. which dope. is uh, such a dope team. I'm very happy. Check that stuff uh, out. Watch them. And HG uh, Wells, anything you want to tell people about? Yes. Follow the Rebecca Robles show on Instagram. That's R-O-B as in boy, L-E as in Edward, S as in Sam. And then also Magnet Theater Wednesday nights. I'm uh, I'm on a team called Metal Boy. You, H.G. Wells. H.G. Yeah, Wells. Me, me, H.G. Wells. <laughs> I, I myself. This is a sci-fi, one of H.G. Wells' sci-fi stories where he's doing improv in the future. <laughs> All right, I'm of course your host, Jared. It's just Berenstein. easier that way. You can check out, yeah, but it's not okay, really. I'm gonna check really, it out. I'm really, gonna check it out. Doesn't really follow the conceit. I mean, if we're being real, uh, I'm of course your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kellan Conway Technique. Uh, if you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast version. We have all the old episodes on there, which you can rate, review, subscribe, and leave a comment. Uh, please check out my YouTube channel. Also, i got some fun uh, videos that are going to be dropping very soon. Uh, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radioforbrooklyn.org. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio for Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. RFB, Radio Free Brooklyn, doing FDP, Famous Dead People, with RR and DP. SHG. <laughs> uh, I forget. And uh, DA. <laughs> so many letters. Good laugh. Rebecca, let me hear. Are you going to do a voice for us today? Um, HG Wells, right? Yeah. Um, Probably like a, oh, yeah, like that. <laughs> Stuff like that. Uh? I'll give you something funny to do. This is a gift, my gift to you. You can go. Get <laughs> okay. Just give me credit, but make sure you credit who taught oh, yeah. you that. Probably not gonna do that. <laughs> then you go. Babaloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babaloo. Uh, okay. Has anybody ever come up to you and been like, I heard, I heard your plug, and that's why I'm here. No. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> Unless it's, no, Listen, just yeah, on your do your cycle. change. If you I'm can't run cycle. with the big dogs, stay on the porch. That's right. Stop menstruating. <laughs> yeah, I yes. don't know a fuck ton, but a little bit.